Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Hallelujah. What I want to make you understand is this, which is the subject of your message, is that marriage is a hard work. Did you hear me? Marriage is what? Hard work. It is often said that marriage is not for boys. Have you heard that before? It's not for boys because it's hard work. Now, let me read just two scriptures when there was a dialogue, a discussion between Jesus and his disciples. And the kind of response that Jesus gave. And I'm also going to illustrate what I have to share with an article I found when a mentor a man went to meet with a mentee. The mentee was already 47 years old in marriage and the mentor went there to make some inquiries about marriage. I'm going to give you some clips on that as well. But in the book of Matthew chapter 19, let's just take only verse 10 and 12 from the message translation. Jesus' disciples objected. They were discussing marriage. If those are the terms of marriage, we are stuck. Why get married if it is that hard? Why get married at all? If it's that difficult, why get married at all? The disciples were responding to what Jesus told them about marriage. Look at the next verse. Jesus said, Not everyone is mature enough to live a marriage life. Can anybody listen to that? <laughs> that is why marriage is not for boys. And it's hard work. Not everyone that is Jesus talking is mature enough to live a marriage life. In other words, you can be married, but to live a marriage life is hard work. Hallelujah. It requires a certain attitude. And grace. Can I hear an amen? Marriage isn't for everyone. That means if you can't meet the terms of marriage, there's no need going into it. It's not for everyone. I mean, Jesus is the one talking, not me. And so when you get into marriage, you must be ready for hard work. Hallelujah. So you see, marriage is not for boys, not for babies. 
Why is it not for boys? Because you see, boys struggle to forgive. They demand everything speedily. They don't have patience, boys. So you're going to be coming down. They lack patience to wait. Boys lack patience to wait. Boys have so many friends. We can confuse them. A marriage is not for everyone. So now that you come into this, you are going to lose some of your friends. <laughs> are you sitting there with me? For those who are not in need cannot assist you to fulfill your obligation. Remember, it requires certain aptitude and grace. And your friends does not so much so understand what is required to be married. To live the marriage life required some aptitude and grace. That's what Jesus said. Hallelujah. Now, like I was trying to say, this mentee, a young man met with a lady who was 47 years old in a marriage and asked a simple question. Hallelujah. And the question was, Madam, my mentor, if you will, was it the secret of your marriage for over 47 years? And this is the answer the lady gave. My son, the expectations you bring into marriage will either spoil it or make it success. You either succeed in marriage or your marriage can be doomed based on the expectations you carry. And she said, I married my husband without expectations of enjoying his money or buying cars for me. But with time, my patient, hard work, and God-fearing attitude yielded results of getting cars, houses, taking care of our children, and all that was supposed to come with it. You are getting into this marriage not with so many expectations, of what you expect AB to do for you. When you have that, it's a human being is going to fail you. Praise the Lord. And she continued and said, if a married lady keeps on nagging in the house, she pushes the spirit of her husband from the home. And that should be a big lesson to everyone. Now the person talking here is 47 years old in marriage and the marriage is still sweet. And he was telling this young man, if a woman keeps nagging every day in the house, you're pushing the spirit of the man outside of the home. If you make the man unhappy, you make the house uncomfortable. Jessica needed to pick that. If you make the man unhappy, you make the home uncomfortable. There's a common saying that the child that will not allow the parent to sleep, the child also will not sleep. How many of you remember that? So you want peace in your home, then you also produce peace. 
You want joy in your home? Give joy in the home. Don't expect it from somebody. Give it. For what am I man so that shall he also reap? So if you sow joy, you get joy. You sow peace, you're going to get peace. Hallelujah. Look with me, the Living Bible, or the New Living Bible, Proverbs 21, verse 19. The effect of a nagging woman, as it were, just like the lady was saying. Look at it. It's better to live alone in the desert than with a quarrelsome, complaining wife. <laughs> Can we clap for this woman who is always complaining? And, and you see the effect of that. Now tell me where the man wants to go to in the desert. What is in the desert? No shade. By implication, the man prefers to stay in the place where there is no shade just to avoid this woman who is always complaining, always nagging, always quarreling, always fanning her face. That's why that lady says, when you become a naggy woman, you push the spirit of husband out of the home. Are you listening to what I'm saying? For somebody to choose to go and stay in the desert instead of a house, by implication, even if the house is full of air condition, the man will still be sweated. So he prefers to go out, stay in the desert. In the daytime, heat will disturb him kill him he doesn't mind in the evening time cold will come because there is no shelter he prefers that than to stay with a nagging woman sisters control your mouth this is the bible talking hallelujah and so in proverbs 18 21 says death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall do what eat the food thereof Praise the Lord. And so I was talking about this expectation, which is very vital. I'm still addressing you. Because primarily, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 14, a wise woman builds a house. There's so much responsibility God gave to the woman. Have you heard people say sometimes, I want to marry a mother. I want to marry a business partner. I want to marry a God-fearing person. I remember when I was currently with you people, that's what you said, isn't it? Now this woman is saying, you cannot get all the expectation in one person. You can't. I want to marry a God-fearing woman. I want to marry a good partner. I want to marry... You have so many load of expectation. I bring it to the marriage. You're going to crash because you can't get all this from one person. Hallelujah. You have to understand that with time and depending on your relationship, you may get some of the expectations you have. So minimize your expectation in marriage. What did I say? Minimize your expectation in marriage. Minimize it. Oh, I want my husband to be like this. Oh, I want my wife to be like this. I want my husband to do this for me. Minimize your expectations 
so that you can have joy in your marriage. And so this woman said, I'm married without high expectation for my husband, but simply to make him happy always. Just to do what? Make him happy always. That's all. Make your wife happy always. Make your woman happy always. Just try to create happiness in the home. All of that things shall be added, if you will. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? Let me give you some of the attitude of this woman. When I was studying and, and reading through the really challenged me. She said, for the past for seven years, I'll be the first to get up from the bed. <laughs> Listen to this. For the past 47 years, that may right from the very day they got married, I'm the first person to get out of the bed. Last to go to bed in the night. And women who truly understand what I'm saying will give testimony to these facts. The first to get up in the morning, the last to go to bed. But how many of you really realize that your husband could go to bed sleeping while you are in the kitchen, cleaning up the kitchen before going to bed? Am I correct? She said, I bet the kids do devotions with them. Do devotions with them. That is something you must hold dear as you step into this relationship. Don't expect your husband to be the one. I agree the husband is the head of the home. But when it comes to devotion, how many of you understand that they, when we talk about your native language, they call it mother tongue. Have you heard that? If you say language, Yoruba language, they say, what's your mother tongue? You say Yoruba language. Why did they call it mother tongue? Because the first person the child will ever hear the language from is the mother. You're breastfeeding your child. You're speaking your language. That's why I call mother tongue. So this woman said, I do devotion with the children. How many of you women listening to me, do you have time to read your Bible, not to talk of doing devotion with your children? Do you have time for that? Hallelujah. I prepare breakfast for my husband and boil hot water for him to bake. I iron his clothes that he will take to work. Kiss him and wish him the best in his daily endeavors. <laughs> How many of you think you are ready for this? That is why this thing is not for children. But it's a woman that has been there for 47 years and is describing exactly what she has been doing. Can you iron the clothes of your husband? No. You want to turn it around. The husband should be the one to iron your clothes. <laughs> Are you sitting there with me? Hallelujah. And you want a solid marriage. And you want something perfect. But you are not investing in it. These are the investments you make. Not money. These are the investments you make in your marriage for it to work. I'm the last to go to bed. I'm the first to wake up in the morning. I prepared a big fat. I gave him water to bed. I kiss him when he's going out. What about when he's coming back? You should kiss him too. 
Now let me give you an example from the Bible. What happened to Jacob? Genesis 30 verse 16. I find this story very interesting. Genesis 30 verse 16. And Jacob came out of the field in the evening. You see, if not the society have changed, the women ought to be at home. And the men are the ones that are supposed to really do the job. Are you following me? But society have changed. So even in the midst of that, the role we are supposed to play as women is supposed to be there. So here was Jacob coming from the farm, or coming from work, if you will. And Jacob came out of the field in the evening, and Leah went out to do what? To meet him. She wasn't sitting down. Your husband says, running from work, you are there with remote. Hmm? And he opens the door, walks in with the luggage and everything. And then the television is teaching you something else. And your husband is passing by. Oh, honey, you're welcome. But you're concentrating on television. You don't have what it takes to marry. Leah went out to meet him. She wasn't sitting down to say, honey, welcome. No, that's not it. She went out. By implication, she opened the door. Your husband comes back home struggling to open the door all by himself. Struggling to carry load that he bought all by himself. You are not ready for a marriage. Hallelujah. And said, thou must come in unto me. For surely I have hired thee with his son's mandrakes. My son's mandrakes. And he lay with her that night. Amen. Now look at Proverbs 31 verse 28. Proverbs 21 verse 28. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also and what? He will praise her. Proverbs, Proverbs 31 verse 28. Praise the living God. Did you follow this? That's what they talk about a virtuous woman. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also. And he praise her. He spread a praise from your husband where you are not investing. Marriage is hard work. Hallelujah. Amen. And then this young man continues and he asks this question. So then what does a man do in return? She laughed. And replied, you see, this is a mistake young ones make in marriage. You do something for your husband or wife and expect reward from her or him. This is wrong. It's absolutely wrong. I do for you, you do for me. Wrong. The marriage can't work. Walking this way. Hallelujah. And she said, when it becomes your attitude to only please your husband or wife, always, the other person responds naturally. Indeed, if nothing touches the palm tree, it is said it doesn't rattle. By implication, there are some strong love in the life of either your wife or your husband that you can stare by the life you live. 
So it's not about, see what I've done for you. What have you done for me? No, that's not it. Hallelujah. What attitude do you carry into your marriage? Never carry how rich or poor your family is into your marriage. You know, people say, I, I know you're doing this to me because of my background. Because it's finished now. I know that. That's why you're doing what you're doing. Wrong mentality. Don't carry your marriage, I mean, your background, your family background into your marriage. Oh, my family is so rich. Oh, my family is worthy. Oh, my family. Don't carry it into your marriage. Hallelujah. You treated me this way because you feel my family is poor. Nonsense. You don't need all that. Hallelujah. You know yourself before you make the decisions. Am I correct? So why remind yourself of anything? The mistakes a couple ever make and that they must resist at all costs as follows. I'm going to give you a few points and I'll end. So that you're going to enjoy yourself and I hope this is going to help you. Some of the things you must resist. Some of the things you must resist. Never say you have made your wife or husband somebody from nobody. Don't say that. You'll be so stupid to tell your spouse when I married you, who were you? Is it not because of me? I mean, when I married you, who were you? It's a big mistake. Is anybody hearing me? <laughs> if such thoughts are coming to your mind, shut it down. Because it hurts. God may have used you as an instrument of transformation. Let the glory be unto God. There's a bishop in this country, and I don't want to mention the name. They were doing a program, big one. And the moderator came up and was trying to eulogize the wife of the bishop. And he said, behind every successful man, there is a woman. Before the man could finish, the bishop walked out and took the microphone. Behind every successful man, there is God. Not woman. Because there are people who are dying even because of women. I mean, if you understand what I'm talking about. I can praise my wife for what she's doing. But she can't take the glory for what she has done. Only God made her who she is. She sent to me to assist me so she can take the glory. But I can appreciate what she's doing. Are you listening to me? So don't you ever tell your spouse, I made you. You have had women speak to their husband, if I leave you, you will suffer. Nonsense. Are you God? Have you heard that before? If I leave you, your life will turn upside down. Who are you? It's a big blunder. You must not say that. Number two. Let the man be the head of the home, no matter the financial, economic, physical, and emotional condition. 
Hallelujah. No matter the condition of your husband, whether the money is there, whether he's crippled, whether he's begging to leave, let the man be the head of the home. You see, I, I, I often see people contest this, ministers in particular, especially the grace movement, whatever. Oh no, we're all under grace. Oh no, we're... So, I think you watch that in the Bible because I think it's in Corinthians 11. What did he tell us? God is the head of Jesus. Jesus is the head of the man. The man is the head of the woman. I don't understand. Even in Ephesians, we just read. What did he say? The man is the head of the home. Submit. And remember what you read? Submitting what? Everything. You want peace, but you are living in your own world. How many of you remember a verse in the Bible? <laughs> the king said, come, let me show the world how beautiful my queen is. The queen said, I have a party myself. And that was the only thing that caused her to lose the position of queenship. Esther had to come in. When you lack the spirit of submission, you are engaging yourself in a very bad situation that you will not love. Praise the living God. The man is still, till tomorrow, the head of the woman. And one thing you have to understand about the issue of the head is wisdom. So when somebody is your head, it simply means has some wisdom he can impart to you. That's why you can bring your issues before him to discuss. I was sharing with my wife. I went to a program recently. And uh, the wife of the minister was ministering. And she said something that baffled me. And she said, no, we're talking about kingdom lifestyle. People don't understand. That, look at me. Now, this woman had a business. She got a business. She got the money for the family. But what happened? And she said, they were to travel and they went to the embassy and they said, we need your account statement. And they printed the account statement and found that it's the husband that signs the statement in the book. The booklet belongs is in the hands of the husband. The account is her own, but the husband does everything. And the embassy said, we can give you a visa because this is not your account. It's somebody else operating this account, not you. And they have to come back and open another account, which is called savings account. But even the ATM card of the savings account is in the hands of the husband. That is the height of faithfulness. I know I'm not saying do that. <laughs> Because you love your money. You don't even know what, I mean, you love your money. You don't even want your husband to know how much you are. Because there are things you do that you don't even expect your husband to know. But yet you want a very wonderful marriage. Yet ignoring the head. May God help all of us. Number three. Having children should not be the ultimate objective in marriage. You are given to enhance your marriage. 
when God delays in giving you a child, have every reason to live a happy marital life. Did you hear me? Once the child is not there, then for some people there is no marriage. They always come on, what is my own in this place? I'm just suffering for nothing. What is my own in this place? I'm just wasting my time. Why? Because they feel they have no child. But I used to ask this question. How old was Abraham when he had Isaac? And did that stop Sarah from calling Isaac my Lord? Even the fact that they have no child. Hallelujah. Number four. Sex is not marriage. And I say this everywhere I go when I ask me to give a simple exhortation. Some people think, well, you can do all that you do to mess up your husband and then you allow her, I mean, allow him to go and sleep with you and then the man will be 100% happy. Sex is not marriage. You know why I know that? Because you see, in John chapter 4, the woman at the well had five husbands. Am I correct? And Jesus, even the sixth one, is not even your husband. That means the woman was unmarried, but yeah, he was sleeping with people. So that you sleep with your husband doesn't mean you are married. Sex is not marriage. <laughs> are you sitting there with me? See, you can only enjoy that when there is peace and love between both of you. Am I correct, somebody? So I don't think you're going to use that to bribe your husband after fooling him in the daytime. After insulting him all the way down line the line. You want to tell him to go and sleep with you? Sex is not marriage. Otherwise, the woman at the well should have been married. But Jesus said you are not married. Am I helping anybody? Number five, resort to good, often and less to men to solve your marital problem. Resort to God. Go to God often, again and again. If you understand what marriage means, it's actually a triangle. When you draw the triangle, you have God at the top. On the left side, you have the woman. On the right side of the triangle, you have the man. So, is God, man, woman. That is marriage. So the first thing you do, if you have a problem with your husband, go to God. You have a problem with your wife, go to God. I'm not saying don't go to people that can cancel with you. But again, most often the people that ought to cancel with you are the counselors that canceled you before your marriage. Because they know exactly a much more better. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? Praise the living God. I give you another example on this. Abraham and Sarah. Sarah came forth to say, Set Ishmael and Hagar away from the home. And what's the next thing that happened? Abraham said, No. You never heard through the scriptures that Sarah now raised an issue and caused problem in the home because Abraham objected. 
but we are told was the next thing God came to Abraham and said what your wife has said you do so the problem was solved when God came into the picture are you listening to me they never went to a third party to solve it God came into the picture and the problem was solved if you must yes I'm not against you going to third parties but first go to God praise the living God number six let the women make up their characters much more than they make up their body did I speak here The energy you spend in painting your face does not endure you to your husband when you have no eternal character. You don't respect me. What is the point painting your face? What am I looking at? You paint in the morning before evening it is washed off. So what are we talking about? We are talking of eternal character that sustains the marriage. Your painting will sustain your marriage. Your goal will sustain your marriage. Your flamboyant dressing won't sustain your marriage. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying? I would like to leave here, but I want to emphasize this. The remake-up that God wants is your eternal makeup. Don't spend all your time painting when you can't obey your husband. Don't spend all your time painting. When you don't respect your husband. Don't spend all your time painting. It amounts to nothing. Your makeup. Is your eternal makeup. Is anybody following what I'm saying? That's why you need some people to really work on you. So that you can have freedom and liberty. And enjoy your marriage. How many of you remember that before Esther. Who appear before the king, somebody took care of Esther behind the scene. You need somebody that give you counsel about your marriage all the time. Your makeup can do that. Somebody behind the scene can dress you up with the right character so that you can step before the king. See your husband as your king. Don't see him as heavy. And don't see him as Papa James. What about if there's no James? Whose papa will he be? I wish Sarah was calling Abraham Papa nobody because there was nobody. But she would say, My Lord. You don't use your children's name to call your husband. What about if there's no child? What will you call him? It becomes an act of disrespect just because there's no child yet in the marriage. Mama Agnes, it's not a language. You must devise what language or name you call your wife that brings intimacy. Because at the end of the day, Agnes will grow up, get married, and leave the house. You can't still be shouting Mama Agnes when Agnes is not there. Are you listening to me? So if you're calling your husband chief, Call him chief. If you call him Odogu, call him Odogu. Stay there. Let the man feel some respect. Let him feel some honor. Not because there's a child. 
This is my last illustration for you. I happened to solve a problem in Lagos a few years ago. Here was a couple that got married and the man is so ravishly in love with the woman. And they had a child. And now the man needed to have some place with the wife. And the wife, you know how women behave? They brought the child in between them. And the man said, listen to me. I married you before this died. Take the child and put the child on the other side and stay here. You should be at the center, not the child. If you have a husband that loves you, he's not going to take his attention from you and give it to the child. It's never done. Neither will you replace your husband with your child. Because they will grow up and they will go away. Both of you will remain. That's why it's an eternal rest for both of you. God bless you. Can we please stand up? Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.